From the boardroom to the locker room, sport captures the imagination like little else. In this podcast, we talk to the men and women who make the big decisions and those who make the big plays to find out where sport is and, importantly, where it's going. But we do so through the only eyes that matter, those of the fan. You're about to listen to our new show, The Groundsman Conversations, which is brought to you by Sports Digital. Sports Digital is a cloud-based presentation platform for rights holders, agencies, and brands that brings your story to life within immersive, exciting, easy-to-create proposals and presentations. Used by more than 50% of teams in the top leagues in the US, Sports Digital's technology enables partners to ditch PowerPoint and Keynote and create powerful presentations of their own that provide tracking analytics to help you understand the performance of your prospecting, cutting through the crowded marketplace to win business. So go to sportsdigital.com to book your demo. Welcome everybody to another edition of The Groundsman. Joining me for a chat about all the things that have them animated. I suspect I know what lots of them are, but I can't wait to hear. Are my dear friends and fellow groundsmen, Roger Mitchell and Giles Morgan. Roger, how are you, mate? I'm good, I'm okay. Uh, just running up to Christmas now. Um, yeah, I'm okay, Grant. Uh, what else can I say? It's been. Uh, you sound a little really subdued, Roger. You sound a little subdued. Yeah, though. yeah. It's just a little bit, a uh, little bit subdued. I'm sure we'll get into why, but um, I there's suspect a lot of I know why. Getting me down. Yeah, yeah. I suspect I know why. But let's uh, let's let's bring in the head slacker himself, Giles Morgan. Hi, mate. How are you? I'm good. I'm full of biff and bounce, mate. I'm probably feeling different from Roger. I'm just. I'm. I'm married. It's two and a half weeks in. Everything is good. Excellent, excellent, <laughs> excellent, really excellent. Great photos, by the way. Great photos. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I've, I've got to say, um, there's only one place to start, obviously, and that is with the World Cup. And I really, I really don't know which direction to take this in because we could take it in so many directions. But I think, um, I think, Roger, I'm going to turn it over to you first because you're the football guy, uh, and what I'd love from you is a is a monologue that distills all your <laughs> impressions oh, of the world cup what was good what was oh, bad because i suspect there's going to be so much in there that we can we can dig into the three of us um let's well, begin with obviously. the final Let, let's begin with the final right because let's talk about the sport first okay well you know there's a lot of people uh, today these days two days later one day later whenever it is you know saying greatest game they've ever seen and this is often the case it wasn't the greatest game for for an hour it was dreadfully dull and we we were all chatting and, and we were all disillusioned by how poor France were they, they get, didn't get started uh, after an hour for the, for the rest and for extra time it was wonderful uh, I thought France were great I, I must admit I thought Argentina came back extremely well and um, you know you can't ask for anything more than that I think as a game uh, as, a, as a spectacle excitement jeopardy whatever you want to call it that, that that 45 minutes an hour if you include extra time was really really great and I'm pleased I'm pleased for Messi I, I, I think that you know I think a lot of us grand football fans of our generation we've got this kind of like unconscious protection mechanism for Diego you know because he is one of our generation and he must not be touched as the goat and um, I think a lot of us were thinking, oh, well, you know, Messi's going to miss a penalty. He's going to not do it. And we'll have all the 
food for thought to to have a go at him and say that he just couldn't deliver on the big stage. He he disproved us all wrong. He stepped up massively, uh, even in the penalty kicks. Uh, I think he, he gave them a great example with that kind of confidence. Uh, so you know, I'm not going to go into the you know the the goal argument. I, I wrote an article on that, and I still stand by that. But um, I'm I'm delighted for them. I'm delighted for Argentina, for 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 Messi, for the coach the, who who I like. Uh, and remember, they lost their first game against Saudi Arabia and they bounced back. I I, I do think that um, these things are always intangibles, but I do think that they got a lot of people working for them to get to that final and win that final. What do I mean by that? We can only really mean referees. I think, you know, Modric in the semi-final was quite critical about the penalty. I, I, I don't think that's right. I think, you know, they won it because, you know, when they lost the 2-0 lead, I think they showed a huge amount of character to take control of extra time, get in the lead again. Uh, they lost a penalty that, you know, in these days you get a penalty for that, but it's not really a penalty, is it? When it hits somebody's hand, it's trying to like cover their face a little bit. So then they bounced back again. Uh, great, 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 great last hour, including extra time, which I think in many ways Grant's saved, Grant saved the, the World Cup from a whole different narrative that we'd be talking about today. Well, I, I suspect we're going to talk about that now too as well. But Giles, your your uh, your impressions of the final years today? Well, as a self-professed posh, posh bloke who doesn't have any of the, 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 the background of football that either of you two have, obviously this was an appointment of you. I watched it with many members of, of my family, none of whom are big football football fans. And I would agree that the, the first bit wasn't totally compelling, particularly as you felt that Argentina tuna up, that was going to be it. And then a kind of Shakespearean drama played out with all of the characters, um, the villains, the heroes, whatever you want to call them, happened. And it was, for me, almost the epitome of this podcast of, of some of the opening remarks that you make in the introduction about why sport matters is um, you don't need to be a fan sometimes of the sport to be a fan of sport. And that's what happened for me is that I... I grew up with a father who was dramatically anti-Argentinian because of the Falklands, but he's been dead a long time. I can forgive him for that. I've never supported Argentina in anything, but I knew I wanted the messy thing to happen. I just believe in heroes, and that was a heroic moment, and I thought it was all done, and then it nearly wasn't done, and the save after whatever it was, 129 minutes, and it had everything. And I think there was a Twitter that, that Rog... Uh, shared with you and I when we were all watching together about why football can be so dramatically the greatest sport in the world, even if that's not your sport and it isn't my sport. And I was spellbound by it. And um, it was a real joy to come back into football um, as a neutral with a, an Argentinian-ish um, bent in terms of who would I like to win. But it had it all. And we were all all of my family were bellowing around the table, people who are not into football, and everybody was passionate. And it was very, very special. And I will take that one. You know, we've all had moments, we've talked about it in the past, of your greatest sporting moments. And that will be right up there. Not for, as you say, Rog, quite right, it wasn't the greatest sporting spectacle, but in terms of holding the heartstrings and twanging them a bit, right up there. Yeah, for me, I, I, Rog, I, I agree very much with what you said. You and I were texting back and forth, and I thought that first hour 
Um, I thought the French were awful, frankly. They, they looked tired. They looked like this flu virus that had gone through the camp had done for them. Argentina in complete control. Um, and then, you know, a, a, we saw a switch go on with that with that first goal for France. And, you know, it's funny, the game itself, you when it's finished, you just take away the emotions. All the people talking about the greatest game in the World Cup, they are talking about that last hour and penalties. That's what they're talking yeah. about. And it, and it did feel like that. It felt exhausting, exhilarating, um, the drama, the swings, backwards and forwards, the emotions, the two, you know, arguably the two greatest players in the world, both playing really, really well and having a material impact on it. I mean, it had absolutely everything. You could not have written that script better. For the for the game to do that, Rog, for, for Mbappe to score twice to bring France into it and for Messi to ultimately win it um, and crown his career. And, you know, I'm with you. I don't think there is a greatest of all time. I think, I think there is a pantheon of greats that you can't really compare. And I think Messi belongs on that, on that pedestal with Pele and uh, and with Diego, De Stefano, all these all these great players from the past, he belongs up there, and this this World Cup seals his um, seals his legacy. So for me, it was it was as as perfect a World Cup final as you'll get because I think they're such big games that normally players are very tense and you don't you don't see them uh, let loose. Everyone's terrified to lose rather than wanting to win it. So I thought it was absolutely magnificent entertainment. Um, I was working while it was on and I kind of had it on in the background for the first bit and was kind of disengaged. And then uh, I took a break and watched it, luckily, the last the last half hour of, extra, of normal time and the rest. And it was magnificent. So, you know, it, I think the the tournament from the football side got the final it deserved. Um, but I think that brings us to the other side of this tournament, which, you know, you, you unfortunately, the, the, a final of that quality can't, whitewash what went on in this tournament. Can't whitewash all the negatives for it that happened off the pitch. Um, and I have to start that at the very end, you know. Um, again, you know, we, we, we kind of talked a little bit about this via text yesterday, but there are two, there are two footballs, unfortunately. There is the game of football, um, which is, you know, very much a working-class sport. It's played the world over by by paupers and kings, and it's just a magnificent, magnificent sport that has that has just electrified generation after generation. And there is the game of football, which is the prestige that it attracts and the people it attracts. And, you know, I know we'll get on to the bisht that they put on Messi before he picked the trophy up. Um, we'll get on to that in a minute. But, uh, you know, the first thing I want to talk about, and I'm not sure how much you saw of this, was Macron. The French president, um, you know, who was in the stands at at, yeah. at many of the games, you know, at the end of the at the end of the game, he's down there. It's just he's just a politician, you know. Mbappe's on the pitch, talking to Martinez, the Argentine goalkeeper. They're sharing a moment, and there's Macron in all the pictures with his hand on Mbappe's neck, consoling him. You know, and when Mbappe goes to get his medal, there's uh, there's Macron with his you know, hugging him into his chest. It's just, you know, this is the stuff, um, the posturing, the grandstanding, the, 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 the opportunism that all these people, from Infantino down and right across the political spectrum, that's the stuff that, to me, I just find abhorrent. And I think this, this tournament, more than anything, has done more than any other event in football history to make those two different games so very, very clear, to make the divide between the game that people love, the game that they grew up playing, the game that they adore and worship, and 
the place that game is being taken by the quote-unquote authorities. Um, I think that divide has never been bigger and, and unfortunately, I suspect, for FIFA, never been clearer because what, uh, what they did, uh, first of all, in awarding this World Cup to Qatar and then in a lot of their handling of the event itself, said to me that we don't care about football, the game that you love. We are going to put on a show here and it's going to be, it's going to be the show we want it's going to be handled the way we want it and to hell with the football fans and what they might want. We're going to do it our way. Giles, um, why don't you come in here? Because I think you've got a, a good insight on this. As, as you say, not somebody that's a, a football fan. You, you, you've you you've got a, a nice idea about how to frame all of this. Well, I've got a f- I've got so many things and I wish this, this particular show could be ours and ours because it's lovely to have just the three of us talking rather than necessarily talking to other investment yes. commerce a- experts is that you we we talk you have talked rog particularly about sport washing over over the years um the, the, probably the most famous example of sport washing was in 1934 in italy with the world cup mussolini was a genius um he 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 kind of gave hitler the idea for the 36 olympics about how important um sport was in terms of moving opinion and what you were talking about, um, Grant, about Macron was just awful. A little man trying to jump on the shoulder of giants. Um, literally, he's a little man. And literally, there were giants on the field who, even in defeat, were giants. And it looks so cheap. It looks so, it looks rubbish. And it really grates with the fan. So you did have you see that. Him, did you see the clip of him on, sorry to interrupt, Charles. I'll get, I, I, uh, do you see the clip of him addressing the team in the dressing room afterwards? Did you yeah. see that? It's just awful. I mean, you know, it's funny how I don't have a clue what he said, but I know exactly what he was saying. You know what I mean? It's going to be, it's for the cameras, it's for the papers tomorrow, stirring words. Well, we had it in the UK, um, whatever it was, during the Blair years when, you know, you you get 50 runs for England, you get a knighthood kind of thing. And suddenly the politicians figured out that if you could jump on the back of something that you could make it far bigger. And for all of us as sports fans, and yeah, I'm not the football fan. I know that that's fine, but I'm passionate about my sports. We're all passionate. Everyone who listens to this podcast has their moment. And what we saw in Qatar, um, and actually even more so Infantino for me, actually as the, as the, the kind of the head of FIFA as he obviously is, was so misjudged, so not with EQ, so not understanding um, that in a world of finance, and we live in a world of finance, we talk about a world of finance, that science and art have to coexist. And this is my big thing, and we'll talk about it later on, and Roger and I have talked about it so much, is that and we've talked about it with our guests, you know, big private equity people coming in with their big wallets going, I love the fan. Nah, you don't. Because the fan, you get the <laughs> EQ, you get the quotient, you understand that there are certain things that you can't. And putting on a, look, let's talk about the best quickly, right? I get the the cultural significance of the best. I get it in terms of it. This is a, a, a conveyance of great Qatari royalty to to people that says you are the real deal. And you could argue that the master's green jacket is no different from the best, right? It's just a jacket that you put onto a, a champion. Yeah, and I'll s- argue that with you all day long, but carry on. Exactly. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. It's bollocks because 
if you're going to make that cultural significant play, tell people about it for months before. Build it up. Tell people that this matters to us as a country rather than that rather hastily arranged. I mean, it felt like someone who was having the, a sort of negligee kind of um, dressing gown put on because they were going to get caught by room service and they shouldn't be in the room at all. It looked so cheap. It looked awful. And this was one of the greatest players in the world, having his one of the greatest moments where Argentina winning their third World Cup. The eyes of the world for people like me who don't really watch it going, I'm all in, I'm up for this. And then you watch that kind of messy not a messy, but a messy stage show going, this is shit. This is shit. And where is the EQ? Where is the intelligence of people to go, this is how fans think. This is how people think. They don't care. You see, Giles, that's that's what I was going to say, Giles, and this is the reason a little bit why I'm just a little bit subdued in in general these days. It's not about the World Cup. It's been been probably been a a good part of 2022. They, They don't care. I think there's a certain... Uh, class of person now that's whether it's Macron, whether it's Elon Musk or whether it's the Qataris that have got to the position where they don't care anymore. They think that they have got enough wealth that um, they can buy anything. They can literally buy anything and um, the, the, the Qataris they will look at back, they'll be looking at this now and say well you know everything we spent on this World Cup from the bids to the bribes to the stadium um, to the dead workers, uh, to uh, bribing the EU in Brussels these days with the bags of cash. It's all been worth it because we got the photo of Messi because it had to be Messi and the invisibility cloak uh, lifting the club, <laughs> li- lifting the cup. And 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 um, I think that was Richard Gillis's line, but if it is, uh, well done, Richard. It's not certainly not mine. I saw somebody saying it. But the, the point is that I'm just, you know, I'm always the guy, lads, that talks about following the money, you know, and then somebody would say, well, there you go, Roger, that's what happens when, you know, you follow the money. Um, This, this, they shouldn't have something so important globally when in a World Cup final, they can't even keep the seats full because there's no culture of fandom. There's no culture of fandom there. It's not fair. This is the one thing the poor people of the world still have. As Grant said, from princes to paupers, it's it's the game. It's what you play uh, from the start. And to have it bought and sold like a chattel in the Marrakesh Bazaar is is just... I, I'm, I'm actually quite devastated because it kind of like hit me last night, you know, and it's just all the icon things that you see there... You know, whether it's Infantino with the white sneakers. I mean, really, what are you thinking, man? What are you thinking? You know, to 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 the cloak, to Macron, just everything. Did felt... you see Rog, Rog, did you did you see Salt Bay holding the World Cup as well? I did. did you see that? I it, did. It's just and ridiculous. It's it's I mean, like that, that if anybody doesn't know, this is some kind of like guy that owns a chain of steakhouses that um yeah, makes a, a thing chef. about yeah, it makes a thing about getting photographed in the great moments. And uh, to Giles's point, he's got no EQ. He forced himself to have a photo with Mo Salah with his broken arm when they lost the Champions League. 
And to Messi's credit, I think he recognized them and brushed them off. You know, you see there's a video of him going up to Messi afterwards and Messi just brushing him off. And he's actually hanging on to him, trying to drag him back. I agree with that, Roger. He got his picture, Roger. He did get his picture in the end. Yeah, Yeah, but I I thought Messi looked so uncomfortable. You're so right, Rog. He's so dead. But it was But we all are, Giles. We all feel uncomfortable. This was a great game. But most of us, from Roy Keane to all the media pack to every football fan, we all know that there was something off there. The whole month there was something off. And, you know, I'm I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, um, is this the future? Can money literally buy anything? And so, you know, so I think just- that, but Rog, here's the thing, right? And I really feel this is opportunity, opportunity, right? We talk about, as a podcast, we are critical, quite rightly. We are independent, quite right. And sometimes people don't like what we've got to say, and I don't care. It's fine. But we also are all, the three of us, um, three musketeers who absolutely, uh, we, we love our sport. I felt that Qatar... Um, taught us the way forward if you believe and i know we all know that the the petrodollar is going to be very dominant for the next few years what a brilliant what a brilliant opportunity whether you're saudi or uae or whatever to go this is how not to do it bring in people who understand the humanity around yeah good luck with that charlo Good luck with well, that, Giles. No, what I'm, evidence I, have you got no, in I, I, fifty I, years that they've oh, not I, they've I, ever I, understood that? I have, I, I have, I have got evidence, fellas. I work for the world's largest bank, the most boring bank, the most charmless bank, the most moneyed bank that made more money than Croesus, right? And yet, this was a bank that understood that you take a bank holiday from yourself if you're going to invest in sport to shift. Um, behavior so i believe very passionately well i i'm okay it's a good i point. believe very passionately that if you get it right and every private equity investor who's listening and there are many every single nation state sports person who's listening listen to this if the world's most boring scottish bank can get it right with sport then you can too but you have to shift everything you have to get in with the fam. We've been talking about it for four years when you guys set up the podcast. You've got to be part of it because otherwise you you miss your own left brain and it should be right or whatever the brain hemisphere yeah. it is. And but I Jeff, really Charles, believe it. But I, 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 it's a very well-made point. And you're right, HSBC did a fantastic job with the golf and the rugby. They did a really, really good job. However, this transcends that. This is not... This is a political thing now. This is not purely business. Uh, it, this is not purely business. This is politics now. And so, what you have here, it's not about the sponsors. It's not about Coca Cola and Budweiser. You know, they were virtually invisible throughout this whole World Cup, right? You see a you see the billboards going around the thing or whatever, right? But we're, we're so used to that now. You don't even see it. This is all about the World Cup. is is so big and so important. It's by far the biggest sporting event in the world. Sorry, Olympics, but it is. Um, and that comes with power and prestige, and it and it offers those things to the sort of people that Roger just described, who so believe why did, they're why entitled did to have things their way. They believe that the money they have 
can buy it and that it doesn't matter what they do. They will they will shape this thing. Let me let, let me read a quote. teams in the next World Cup. That's all you need to know. 48 teams let, in the next let, World Cup. Let, let, me read a, let me read a quote from a tweet of Andrew Neil today, right? Um, this is a quote. As Brussels continues its investigation of Qatari European Parliament corruption involving oodles of cash, Qatar warns EU in general and Belgium, which is investigating the scandal in particular, to remember that Doha is an important source of energy supplies for Europe, especially now. There you go. That's not somebody that's trying to win over hearts and minds. That's a club in their hand, Giles. And they're going to continue like this. And, and, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not, this isn't, some people will say, oh, this is just, you know, you know, some kind of like uh, covered racism here. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's, let, let me, let me take it on to Musk as well to show you just why I'm so down and all of this. You know, for years, Grant and myself and a whole lot of other people, mostly invisible, have known about Musk. And we have listened to the great and the good. Uh, in California, the climate people, the green energy people, talk about what a wonderful genius this guy is now, you know? And, and, and those same people now, those same people, because Musk, for whatever madness is in his head, has decided to go pro-Trump, pro-everything uh, like that, they're having a go at him. And, and I just, everywhere I look, I see nothing coherent and nobody standing up for a coherent set of principles. And it is, it's getting me down. And I see the World Cup, which is our thing, and it's been bought. It's been bought hook, line and sinker. And it's utterly depressing. Who, who was it, Rog? Who, who was it that said, was it uh, WC Fields or someone who said, if you don't like my principles, don't worry, I've got others. <laughs> and it's basically that, right? It's basically that. It's you're, you're absolutely right. And and this is the age in which we live, unfortunately. And you know, sport, largely thanks to this Qatari experiment, has only confirmed what you can achieve through buying a sporting event like this. That's unfortunately, the point. every That's the point. every every quasi dictatorship, every autocracy in the world is going to look at this and go, you know what? At the end of the day, it didn't matter what they did. It didn't matter what they banned, what they, how many people died, all the cover-ups, all the, all the kind of casual dropping in a conversation that oh, it may be four thousand migrant workers died. We don't actually have the specific numbers. I mean, think about that for a second. It's disgraceful. But every autocratic leader in the world is going to look at this and go, you know what? They got a, copped a bit of flack for it, but at the end of it, all the all the thing is greatest World Cup final ever. Picture of Messi holding the trophy. Football's the winner. Qatar put on a great show. Blah 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 blah. It, it amplifies and confirms every single thing that we've talked about for months leading up to this about how how awful this whole thing has been. And the football was great. I've I've loved the football, but Rod said there's something off. There's something tainted about it. I, I I've enjoyed the football, but at the back of my mind, I've kind of hated myself for enjoying it. And, and that's not what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a month-long celebration of the greatest game. And, and you know, we walk away after that game to walk away feeling like I feel when the dust settles. I, 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 I'm pissed off that I feel the way I do after that game because I should have nothing but joy in my heart, and I don't. And I guess what I'm saying, and I don't disagree with either of what you're saying, is that if the reality, if the real politic is 
the region, this part of the world where money talks is part of sport forever, and it will be, whether it's American private equity money, whether it's petrodollars from the Middle East, whether it's Russian money, Chinese money, or, or God forbid, British money or French money, um, because we do put a big sort of sanctimonious Europeans are probably right about all of this, is my view is it is very possible this is my view. It is very possible mm-hmm. for the right investors to get the investment right. And I think many of them get it very wrong. So you can pile in as Qatar. They haven't, they've had no voice. I think that Owen Slot in the Times wrote a wonderful piece in the Times on Monday talking about how they were just not there, not talking, not commenting, not being proud, not supportive probably because they were scared off. They were probably scared of uh, speaking to the media, so they don't speak to the media. Is The reality is that these big events are going to go to places that to some of us in certain parts of the world, we might sneer at. Well, they're gonna, it's going to happen. So it's up to them to get it right. And I don't think they do. And that's my disappointment, is that, you know... There, there were well, many Giles, I, I, I admire what you're saying. I, I think it comes from a very good place. Uh, and and just to prove that I'm not having a go at Arabs here, um, what I'm having a go at is what has been something that's been a theme of our podcast this year, that phrase, half pregnant morality. Um, I'll tell you this just to make you depressed. You see if Saudi and Qatar are bidders for Man United and Liverpool, nobody gives a flying fuck. Those fans that many of them this morning are on this kind of like vicarious soapbox because they follow Gary Neville or they follow Chris Sutton or they follow uh, uh, Lineker, they won't give a damn. How much are you spending in the winter transfer market? And that's why it's devastating for me just now because I know that there's no hold on the principles. It's only a little bit of virtue signaling that some people may feel strongly, and I think the three of us do. Some people kind of like our followers, most people in life are. And when it becomes something that affects them, i.e. Newcastle all of a sudden having a huge war chest, I, I the, the, the 4,000 dead, uh, them buying it, you know, the invisibility cloak, the white sneakers, I'm telling you, they won't care, Giles. It's it's a horrible, horrible place we live in these days. Yeah, look, I, I think you're right, Rog. I, I, I have to say, sadly, and I, I I I don't like it when I agree with you because it it normally means I've had to compromise what I think and you because you know because I found out that you were right about something. But right off the bat here, I, I think you're right. You know, it, it, but it's a different. You know that this is a problem, right? The game at club level. We've spoken about that. There is there is a very different tribal allegiance at club level, right? None, none of the three of us are Argentine. Uh, none of the three of us are French, as far as I know. Giles, I, I don't know, there's something about you. I've seen you in a beret. You look quite fetching, so maybe you've got some French blood in you. But but we were watching two countries that we have no interest in contesting the World Cup final. It's very different. There's no tribal allegiance there. We were just there to enjoy the World Cup final and hope we got a good game and hope we got a spectacle, and we did. And it's like that throughout the tournament. You know, if I turn the TV on, um, anytime in the next three three years and 11 months, or hopefully three years and six months, um, and saw Tunisia play Morocco, I'd, I'd skip through the channel. 
But if I see those two playing in the World Cup, I'm going to watch it because it's part of the World Cup and, and I'm, I'm in for that month. I'm in for the event. Um, but the, the club thing is different. You know, this, this is something that people have a, 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 a passion about that stems from their childhood, that stems from where they grew up, where they live. Um, and it is very different. And, and Roger, you're absolutely right. that The principles that have let people condemn this will not stop them cheering on the Saudis or the Qataris buying Man United or Liverpool. Absolutely, they won't. You're absolutely right. And it's tragic. Um, I, th- I find that tragic. Uh, yeah, the more I, I think I, about it, I find it tragic. No, I agree. I, I, I understand that a little bit more. Um, I don't say it's acceptable, but I understand it a little bit more. Uh, but the... The, the, the World Cup is different. The World Cup is, is something that belongs to everybody. It belongs to everybody. It doesn't belong to the corporate world. It doesn't belong to Gianni Infantino, no matter what he thinks. It doesn't belong to the, the Sheikh of Qatar. It just doesn't. It belongs to the people. It belongs to the people living in the favelas in Brazil and, and the That's right. and Buenos Aires and, and all across Northeast Africa and Asia and you know, the, the Europe. That's who it belongs to. And it's been hijacked by these been corrupt, yeah, it's just been hijacked by corrupt politicking uh, people who have seen it's a way to become fabulously wealthy, achieve ends for their country or for, their, for themselves from a political standpoint, to whitewash um, uh, wrongdoing. It, it's just become a tool. To, to achieve ends that it was never designed to do. And, and I think that is, that is just so, so shameful. I, it, it just it upsets me a great deal, I have to say. Yeah, um, I think that's right. I think that's what we're feeling. Uh, anyway, guys, um, beyond the World Cup, this is meant to be our year-end roundup. Well, I tell, I tell you what, let, let's kick that off. You're right, Charles, because I, I wanted to talk about this anyway. Um, cricket. Let's start with cricket because the the series in Pakistan, are just unbelievable. And you are you are the cricketing Johnny amongst the three of us. So so give us your, give us your your year end review of cricket, including this amazing series in Pakistan right now. Well, we we talk about heroes, we talk about narrative, we talk about stories, which is of course what sports all about. Ben Stokes, I mean, in the eighties. Yeah, in the 80s, they talked about Ian Terence Botham, born Heswell Cheshire, uh, played for Somerset, and the man who kind of changed cricket up in terms of all his uh, highs and lows. And then many years later, Ben Stokes turns up, and he does a Botham on every single level. He gets it right, he gets it wrong. He then becomes uh, the de facto test match cricket captain, which Botham was hopeless at. And this is a guy who is ripping up Test Match Cricket in every way and creating a new product for the new generation, which is he's got spinners coming in to open the bowling. That hasn't happened in England since 1926. For fuck's sake, this man is saying, I'm learning from 2020 and I'm creating a new product and I'm going to make it attractive and I'm going to make it fun and I'm going to make it the mobile chess that Test Match Cricket always was and hopefully always will be. So for me, he's my big kind of knighthood of the year because he's also, he's plumbed the depths, poor poor fella. There were some nightclub problems way back when. It didn't look good for him. It wasn't ideal. He's becoming a national treasure in England for those who's follow cricket, but actually around the world. 
So that for me is a massive highlight. Um, and I mean, I haven't even started on Nadal winning the French Open. I mean, 22 has been a banger. It really has been a banger. After we went through this podcast with um, with 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 COVID and everything that everybody went through, um, if if sport wants to rear its ugly head and say, is it compelling? And do we all give a shit? 2022 was a very, very good year. Rog, what was your, what was your highlight of the year? Well, on the field type, type thing, you mean? Yeah. On the, on the field. Um, uh, guys, you, you know, uh, I, I, I do hear Giles and I totally respect that. I don't see a lot of cricket here because it's just not covered in the talent. So I'm at disadvantage. So there, I've not even got a way to, to say I don't agree with that. I just don't have an opinion. Uh, I'll take that at face value. Uh, in general, if I'm just quickly going through what um, I saw, um, Nadal, yes, yes, Nadal. Um, Wimbledon was poor. Um, golf is in a bit of a mess. I was pleased to see Rory come back. Didn't win a major yet, but as I say, I conceded the point that I, that he's back competitive and um, he proved me wrong. I, I think he's been a great story, Rory. Um, but I don't think golf's in a, in a, in a good place. Um, Formula One is full of horrible politics and budget caps and um, who, who's making the rules and, you know, crazy things that happen because some guy stops and you get a yellow flag. And I don't, I know everybody says, oh, Drive to Survive isn't Formula One doing great. I think as a sport, I'm not sure. I don't think it has had a great year. Uh, I, 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 I also um, think that, the two hours often, very too often, is a procession. Um, football, we kind of talked about a little bit. Um, the Super League thing has just been horrible for for the, the image of the game and, and the protagonists, I think, have been dreadful. You know, I did that piece on the Agnellis and, and, and Juventus and everything like that, and that was a big story for me. Um, and, and, you know, I'm just trying to rack my brains to think of moments that I thought were just sport. And, and they're all the little ones, the quirky ones that we comment on, the ones that, you know, hugs uh, his granny in the stand and we all cry. Um, as a, a macro sport thing, I know this is probably completely the opposite of what Giles is saying. I, I'm finding less and less moments where... It takes me to a place that it took me when I was in my teens and early twenties. I have to admit, Grant. But is that is that natural? Or is that a natural evolution? I'm not sure. I mean, I, I think there's a degree of that to it. You know, for, for me, um, the thing that I've enjoyed most this year has been the Premiership. I think the Premier League is absolutely on fire. The, the quality of the football's great. The teams, you know, the, the 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 Arsenal and Man City and Chelsea and Liverpool. There's some fantastic football being played. Um, the crowds are up. Engagements there, it's just it's just been fantastic. I've been to a few games this year as well, which I hadn't for the last couple of years because of COVID. Um, and the stadiums are just buzzing. It's just is there's, there's there's something about that game, which is why you know I'm 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 so pissed off about the World Cup because uh, you know I really wanted to love it, and as much as I enjoyed it, as I said, it just it was just tainted. But um, you know, I I think for me this year, the image I'll take away from this year was um, was Federer's retirement. You know that, that those images in London at the yes. Labour Cup. Um, you know the tears, the holding hands with Rafa, his his peers carrying him on their shoulders. You know, there, there's a guy. We talk about all that's wrong. We talk about all that's wrong with the World Cup and all the 
all the stuff that, that, that we hate about it. But, you know, Roger Federer, to me, is the epitome of sportsmanship, of, of, of sporting genius, of class, of talent, of everything. You know, there's a man who, who absolutely was, never mind you want to rate him against Nadal or Djokovic on Grand Slams or whatever, but for someone to be the standard barrier for a game, you could not have a better person than Roger Federer. Not only was he at his peak the most talented player, but he just oozed class. He never put a foot wrong. And so to see him retire that way on the court as, as opposed to having to kind of, as he said in a recent interview uh, with Trevor Noah on The Daily Show, you know, he said, I didn't want to have to retire in street clothes. And to see him, you could see the admiration and respect from his peers. I thought that to me was, that was the crowning moment of this year for me. Yeah, and, and I think, and I feel very strongly, and, and, and Rog, one of the things that I think we should all urge ourselves to do in 2023, because we are, in various shows that we do, we are uh, commentators on the world of sport. Um, and I think it's important that the three of us get to the world of sport and see it with our own eyes rather than seeing it through the eeries of our own bedroom or offices and get in amongst it. Because rather like the the, the, the journalists who get to the privilege of, of writing on the great events where they suck up the atmosphere, they can see with their own eyes. One of the criticisms I have of me, and this is, comes from COVID, um, is that I think I've postured and said a lot from the eyes of Southfield, Southwest London, Wandsworth, rather than necessarily being in amongst it and smelling the um, the fan, smelling the, the the passion. And I don't think that sport is as in perilous a place as sometimes we make out. Well, I, I do. Think, I know you're talking about I, me there. I know. I think I, we've talked about it. I think largely because I think you and I in particular have spent a lot of time talking about data source, about the the the, um, the data says that the fan base is getting older. I think it all depends on where the fan data is being recorded. And I think armchairs are a very dangerous place to record the passion of sport because it implies television data and eyeballs of the old git sitting in front of the television with his remote con or her remote control. And actually, one of the reasons I'm so excited about the sports industry and having a million new children in my marriage and all the rest of it is I'm seeing kids loving sport just as much, just in a different way. The engagement is different, whether it's through peer-to-peer uh, uh, messaging, whether it's through Insta, whether it's through TikTok, whether it's through fandom. But human beings require tribalism and they require belonging. And I think, and this is a huge opportunity right out there for businesses that you and I, Roger, are involved with, in fact, so it's very exciting, is to get a very better, better idea of what we're saying a fan is in 2023 and beyond, because I think that we are still, and you and I are probably guilty of this, slightly inured by going, well, we'll take the TV data and saying golfers, the golf audience is only 65 years old or whatever it is. I don't believe it. I genuinely don't believe it. I believe the well, that's, television. That's interesting, Giles. You know, um, the, 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 I would say this, you know, I wrote that article and in fact Como theme was about sports Elvis or Sex Pistols moment, which I, 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 I do think that we have got 
a complete divergence of de- generations. I, what the line you're saying is that's a little bit over egged that um, it's maybe only seems that way because of the TV uh, and it maybe only seems that way because we are sitting in, in our uh, living rooms and not been out there. You know, um, I, I thought a lot of the last few months, you know, I, I, I go back to what I call big city mentality. You know, the coastal towns in America and London and the UK where those cities missed Brexit and they missed Trump totally and I personally believe they're missing sports sex pistols moment because they're in a they're in a bubble they're in a middle class bubble um I've you know got in my head this idea it's going to be one of my lines for 2023 Uh, old sport is a is an episode of the good life um, you know, past the Chutney Margot type thing. Um, and I can't get it out of my head. And this isn't anybody's fault. This isn't anybody's fault. There's, you know, Washington and New York are full of smart, smart people and they completely misread the the flyover country of America. And they go on these, uh, you know, shock, uh, uh, you know, dis- de- deplorable type uh, things about the rest of the country. Um, for me, you, you translate that into sport and it's celebrity boxing. It's uh, it's everything that's going on, you know, between, you know, and, and all these like uh, speed and uh, KSI commentaries and all these fanboys that will shout you down if you say Messi isn't the GOAT. Um I, and I and I, I think our generation of sports of sports people in the media, in the governing bodies, uh, and even just general fandom, I think they're looking at the spe- sex pistols in 1977 and saying, uh, "This is awful, isn't it? It's a flash in the pan," and it changed everything as Elvis did as well. So that's my big big theme about 2022 and why we wanted to talk about it in Como and why we did so much. I, I think we're missing it, Giles. I may be wrong, but that's my view. Yeah, Roger, you may be wrong, but I would also say that um, you know, if, you, if you actually look back, the punk rock era that the Sex Pistols started did not last that long, right? And now, yes, it changed things and it changed what came after and it inspired people, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> I, I totally agree. But what I suspect we'll find is the things you're you're talking about, the... The, the kind of fake beef and the, uh, all this nonsense because they think that's what people want and, it, and at the moment it seems they do. I think that will get very old very quickly. I know that's your view. I know. Uh, I, I, I do. Just don't I, I think. Buy that. I think. I just. Don't I, I buy just that. think it's going to get very old very quickly, Roger. I think. I think people are tiring of conflict, right? Because conflict's everywhere, and and the manufactured conflict about which you're talking. I just think people are going to get fed up with it. I really do. I mean, there's enough conflict in the newspapers and in daily lives, and I just think that that fake antagonism that worked for a while to drum up interest, you're going to have to come up with something much more well, creative. Yeah, Grant, you know, and this is one of the other things I think we as a three need to say about 2023. I personally believe we've um, we've gone over those calls as much as we should now. I don't think there's much more to be said about that. You know, we all know, everybody knows my position, everybody knows yours, everybody knows Giles. Um, And, and, you know, the last two or three interviews we had on The Groundsman, I I found myself getting really bored with myself, trying to convince people again of a line I've said a hundred times now. And I've got to the stage that I feel the truth will out. 
I, I'm just in that mindset now. And, you know, I, um, I, I think in general for our podcast, you know, in a context where there are so many excellent podcasts and articles and YouTube about, you know, uh, what's happening in OTT and what's happening in data. And uh, I, I don't think there's any product market fit in that kind of editorial product anymore. I think, you know, we need to do maybe something that's just like this. It's just like talking. Or if we do have guests, it really is the, the, the kind of person that is somebody that's actually doing something in the, the industry at the coalface that is having to deal with interest rates going in cost of capital from zero to 10% and how that's affecting all the plans. Because I, I also feel just, really bored you know i'm reading all these what happened in 2022 what's happening in two th trends to follow and i'm really jaded you know it's it is boring you know uh the truth will out and you know if we want to comment on this stuff we we need to find an art an angle that is other people do it better they've got more editorial resources sport pro do a great set leaders do well you know um i, I personally don't feel that i want to have some bbc journalist who um is in upton sinclair mode uh, because his life is nice and comfortable i don't feel like arguing with them saying they don't understand the truth will out and and you know maybe that's just a, a part of of what i'm thinking just now but I, 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 do, I just do feel we are at this Elvis moment in sport and I seem to be the only one that, 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 that sees it as dramatically as everybody else. Well, it's really interesting, Raj, and, and, and the three of us obviously talk not in front of the microphones and you've said this. I, I absolutely agree that I think the future of, of, of this podcast has to be, as you've both um, shepherded beautifully over the years which is if anybody wants to come on and people do and we get asked all the time be prepared to um, answer the real questions don't expect a PR nice route of being um, just getting to do deliver your messages because you can do that through a million other channels they call press releases in, an, in another format paid for podcasts but or paid for podcasts. No one pays for our podcast. That's fine. Um, I think that, however, that in your sort of lower moments of feeling washed out by the sports industry, that even in Qatar, right, even with all of the, the backdrop of all the stuff that we didn't like, that when it came to 120 minutes, whatever it was on the field, 120, 29 probably that sport triumphed actually sport triumphed for someone like me not that bothered by the qatari influence on fifa don't really care i don't watch much football i just watched a game of football last last night or whatever it was and um it it was really glorious i watched test match cricket it was really glorious i watched nadal um playing a five setter when he shouldn't really be able to walk yes, and I yes. feel I triumph I if 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 the three of us lose and our audience lose the magic of sport the magic of the story whether it's the comeback whether it's the new kid Emma Raducanu whether it's Ben Stokes 
on his new new world to um, having been in the depths. He's been in the gutter. Christ, if that's not what we celebrate in our little short time on the planet, as any of us are only here for a short time, and sport can lift us and our souls up to enjoy it, then I think that cynicism, and, and Rog, you are the biggest sports fan I know, you know this, is we must not let ourselves get but that, this is This right. is my point, Giles. This this is my point. Think of it like this. I, I, I don't think I've, I've, I've articulated it in my own head yet, but I think I have now. I've for four years talked about follow the money. I've talked about product market fit. I've talked about uh, the inevitability of it going to Hollywood and art. All of these things that I'm relatively well known for. Is it not the case that maybe Qatar and what I saw there made me realize that whilst I'm right, I'm going to be the poorer for it? Do yes. you not think it's maybe that? Yes, I, I think that's exactly it, Roger. I think, I think Qatar was the embodiment of everything you've been talking about, right? It was the embodiment of all of it. It's just sport for the sake of a product, right? We're going to take the soul away and we're going to create a product. And nobody does that, I won't say better, more obviously than FIFA, right? They, they have commoditized football at the World Cup to suit their ends and, and taken it away from the fans. And, and I think... I think for me, and I was talking to producer James about this um, earlier today. You know, it, it, it's the it's exactly that. It's the embodiment of what you said. We are going to make sport the product, and it is going to become a, a, a means to an end. That's it. And I pray that it doesn't all go that way because I think um, there's a chance it does, and, and that terrifies me, frankly. Because because I, I, you know, I, you know, that I'm the romantic. I, I want to be exactly where Giles is. I want to be in that mode where you just watch sport for the sake of sport and revel in the competition and revel in the the talent and the achievements and the surprises and all the wonderful stuff that sport always delivers us, whether we like it or not. And that, I think that, for me, is why I'm so jaded off this World Cup, is the sport did exactly that. We had Saudi Arabia beat Argentina. We had... England and France have a fantastic game. We had a, a final for the ages. We had the greatest player in the world. We had every single component that makes us all love sport right there, and it delivered on every single level. But, but that corporate follow-the-money thing that Rogers talked about, that, that commoditizing a sport, making it become a product rather than uh, an emotional attachment to it and using it to sell advertising or sell whatever, that robs me of that pure joy that you spoke about, Charles. It takes that away from me, and I, I'm, I'm annoyed about it. I really am. Well, and here, therefore, I think has to be the clarion call for for our shows next year for 2023, particularly the groundsman conversations, where we do ask people to come on. And we've been irritated in the past. There are some who've been utterly brilliant. Barry Hearn, probably our standout fair, because he was yeah. so honest, so honest. And called it absolutely right. And there are there are many others, and we're very lucky to have the people come on and give of their time. They don't even get bribed. There's no, and you don't even get to wear a bisht on our show. It's absolutely, <laughs> it's whatever you want to wear, and we are completely non-denominational about it. 
But I, I think I would ask, and, and this is a good clarion call, because I suspect a few people would download this show um, as they get ready for their uh, their holiday break, is if you want to come on this show and you can be in touch with Roger Grant or I, be prepared to be honest so that we, all of us, can understand and therefore the fan, therefore people involved in the business, this is a sport business podcast, is don't bullshit us, tell us how it is. Because I think we get frustrated by the sort of corporate, the corporate um, sort of byline that we don't buy, we're not interested in. So please come on the podcast. I'd like to, I know Roger and I have talked about this. We want to get many of the people we've had on a couple of years from before to come back on. Let's get on and let's see where we're at because we're all passionate about sport. We all believe in the fan. We all believe in the utter um the joy that sport can give us and 2022 has given us as every year does. But if it doesn't, um, what you both have felt about the, the, the world cup, me much less so because I'm less so involved. You're both flat and you shouldn't be because actually one of the greatest finals happened of all time. And we shouldn't feel cynical about it, but we do. And therefore let's see how we can move on. All right. Well, it seems like a perfect place to end, gentlemen. Um, well, thanks to you two, as always, for another engaging hour and, in fact, another fantastic year. Our thanks, of course, first and foremost to you out there for listening. Thank you so much for doing that. We appreciate you uh, listening to the podcast and all the feedback you give us. Um, please keep doing that into 2023. You'll find us, if you're not already doing so, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Entertained R. That's the word A-R-E. You can find me at T-T-M-Y-G-H. And you can find me, Giles Morgan, at Giles Morgan 71. And you can find me at RPM Como, as in the lake. As in the lake. Gentlemen, until next year. Until Take next care. Year. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Na doreng fawen. There we go. That's well. There we go. Isn't it? Tidy. <laughs> <laughs>